Hi, everyone. Welcome to Community Soulful. Today, we are speaking with Nicole Mendoza. She's a therapist, and we're going to talk about codependency in relationships. This is something that's very new, something that was brought to my attention and um, by demand. So I'm happy to have Nicole on today. So thanks so much, Nicole. Um, And we're going to get started now with just going over, first and foremost, the definition of an emotionally codependent person. Well, thanks so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be talking about this topic and excited for everyone listening. So for the definition, I thought I would actually look up the definition. And from Medical News Today, they reported in its simplest terms, a codependent relationship is when one partner needs the other partner, who in turn needs to be needed. This circular relationship is the basis of what experts refer to when they describe the cycle of codependency. The codependent self-esteem and self-worth will come only from sacrificing themselves for their partner, who is only too glad to receive their sacrifices. So when we're thinking about a person who is emotionally codependent, a lot of the times the person may be lacking that self-esteem or that separateness within themselves and to cope with that, they may really be putting in all of their attention and focus on the other person in the relationship. And that could be, when we're speaking about relationship, it could be a romantic relationship, a friendship, a parent to child relationship. And a lot of boundaries actually get blurred during this relationship. And the person who is emotionally codependent, they may be really enmeshed with that person and thinking about the other person's needs versus their own. So I actually brought up um, a quote that I thought that would be helpful in really understanding codependency. And this quote is by Esther Perel. And she states that love rests on two pillars, surrender and autonomy. Our need for togetherness exists alongside our need for separateness. And that really highlights a healthy relationship. And when we're looking at someone who is emotionally codependent, they may be really focusing solely on the togetherness instead of creating ways for their relationship to be separate. Um, that is a great point that you had brought up that it, the feeling comes only from sacrificing themselves to their partner. I think that's really strong. I mean, whenever we think of the word sacrifice, it's, it's not a common word, right? There's no, there's nothing that really compares to that. And sometimes, you know, there's always these these Instagram pages that are trying to be aesthetic. And one thing I always see is, oh, I, I, I lost myself to love you. And mm-hmm. in a weird way, that does remind me of codependency just because of that sacrifice word and that longing. And also, I love the fact that you, or I don't love it. <laughs> Anything that has to do with, um, you know, this is not really a happy topic, but when, um, when you talked about it has a lot to do with the person's self-esteem, mm-hmm. I think that just bringing that up brings a level of awareness, right? So in the person that I'm with, like what kind of self-esteem do they have? Do they have a high amount of self-worth or do they not? Because are they going to seek that in me? Is that a void that I'll be able to fill? Is that, are those a pair of shoes that I'll be able to fill? So I, I do appreciate that point. And also when, when we're talking about codependent people, what are some of the characteristics of codependent people? What do they look like? What do they sound like? What are, you know, maybe common things in conversations or red, fl- red flags, as anyone would say, for a codependent person? 
Yeah, I think that's a really great question to recognize and analyze your own relationship and see, okay, am I dealing with codependency or perhaps like you're mentioning, am I in a relationship with someone who may be codependent? So when looking at the characteristics, you may want to check in and see, okay, are there any difficulty in making decisions in my relationship? Do I have difficulty identifying my own feelings? Because when we're speaking about codependency, a lot of the times the other person is so focused on the other person in that relationship that they're very attuned to the person's mood or feeling. It, even if the person's mood slightly changes, they're really observant and focused on that person so much that they're not even recognizing how they're actually feeling as well. So they may have difficulty communicating in their relationship. They may not be able to really share how they're actually feeling. They may value the approval of others more than valuing themselves. And like we're talking about before, they may have that low self-esteem. They may be lacking trust. They may have fear of abandonment or an obsessive need for approval. And like you were saying, they may even use their partner's love to fill a void that they have due to their selves having that lack of self-love. Um, and they also may have an exaggerated sense of responsibility for the actions of others. So really focusing on the other person in the relationship and almost becoming enmeshed. So those are just a few items to look out for when you're thinking about codependency and if it's something that is occurring in your own relationship. So many great points. My top three are going to be that you had just said was the fear of abandonment, mm -hmm. the need for approval, the exaggerated sense of responsibility. And um, my follow-up question is, one of the things that you had just said was that when someone is codependent, they will look to others for advice and take their advice kind of before they could even take their own advice. Mm -hmm. So if someone is a codependent person and they're, they have a low self-esteem or they do have um, this idea that what other people are thinking or other people opinion opinions or advice is stronger than theirs and can give them more direction, where does that lead them? How can they actually change to believe their own opinions, form their own opinions and take their own advice? How can a codependent person or someone that's struggling with codependency take a step back and say, okay, I'm relying way too much on the outside world for the answers to my life instead of relying on myself. Where, where can somebody, well, one, self-realize, but two, actually make that change? What does it take? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really great question. And I like how you said, how can they take a step back? Because I think that's one of the first things that a person can do. So for example, when you're in this codependent cycle, like what I mentioned before with the definition, how it's almost this back and forth. I think it's a really good idea to really take yourself out of the situation. And that can be through taking a pause and just analyzing your relationship and saying, okay, is like the quote, like we mentioned before, is there a healthy balance of being separate and together? Or am I solely just relying on this person for my happiness? Am I able to make decisions? Do I have trust in myself? And also taking a step back to understanding, okay, is, is my relationship healthy? And taking a look at other relationships and noticing that, okay, when we're thinking of a healthy relationship, we're looking at how 
both people make time for each other, both people maintain their independence, even though they're in the relationship together, they're being open and honest, they're able to share their feelings, they're able to create healthy boundaries, they're able to show affection and have that equality. So I think really just taking notice of, okay, what am I actually working with? And if you're able to identify that, try not to get too discouraged and knowing that change is possible. And you can definitely start small. There's resources available. You could see a therapist and you can start small as well. So if you want to create healthy boundaries, that's something you can definitely do. You can definitely make that time for yourself. So for example, what I like to tell clients is if you're trying to create healthy boundaries and even boost your self-esteem, you can really try to make a promise to yourself every night. So for example, if you have a boundary of going to bed every night at 10 p.m., start with that. And if you're able to keep these little promises to yourself, that can be a way of taking care of yourself and nourishing yourself and starting the process to really heal from a codependent relationship. So it's very small, um, but it's a good start when you're trying to notice one, when you're in a codependent relationship and then trying to get out of that cycle. That is so helpful. Um, just knowing that boundaries can be having a bedtime as silly as it sounds for being an adult. It, it's so valid. Um, and also I did want to circle back to the fear of, aban- of abandonment and the need for approval um, because my next question was going to be, what are the causes for someone to be codependent? And I think that has a lot to do with that question. So, I mean, as simple as it sounds, if you could define why people have a fear of abandonment or a need for for approval what are things that cause that so what are some causes for someone to be codependent or have those fears of abandonment or needs for approval I mean what if somebody has a perfect life and they're still codependent what if somebody has a perfect life and they still have a low self-esteem what are factors that really go into creating a codependent type of person Mm -hmm. yeah that's a great question I really like how you highlighted how okay this person may look like they have it all together. They may have a perfect life, but they're still dealing with this. And I think a lot of times codependency is a learned behavior that normally stems from past behavioral patterns and emotional difficulties. So there's a lot that goes into that. So the first point is that codependency can really come from parental relationships. When you're thinking about your relationships with your parent or your caregiver, that's really your first example of how to create a relationship and what relationships look like. So if you were brought up in, let's say a family system where you were taught that your own needs are less important than your parents' needs or not important at all, you may start to have that codependency start to happen and leak into your adult life because that's all you've known. So in these types of families, the child may have been taught that the parent's needs are way more important and that you shouldn't think of your own needs. And if you are to think of your own needs, that's something that's defined as greedy or selfish. So as a result, the child learns to ignore their own needs and they're really thinking more about others all the time instead of what they need. So they're not really able to create those healthy boundaries like what we were talking about before. So in those situations, you may think of a parent who could be involved in some type of addiction to you know, any type of alcohol or drugs, or there could be a lack of maturity or personality disorder that's going on with the caregiver or a parent. 
And then the next thing could also be if you're in a family system where you were a child or adolescent where you had to take care of a parent who is maybe physically ill or mentally ill. And during those circumstances, the child or adolescent was really forced to put aside their own needs and switch roles and become almost a parental figure to really care for the other person. And through that, they may even get value of uh, in taking care of others and meeting other people's needs. Maybe other people praise them for taking care of that caregiver. And again, that could be a feeling that is familiar and safe to them. So when they're in some type of codependent relationship as an adult, it's something that feels like I mentioned before, safe and normal. And the last um, item that I want to highlight is being brought up in some type of abusive environment. So whether you experience physical, emotional, or even sexual abuse, I think it's important to note that these forms of abuse can really cause psychological problems. And this can lead to codependency because when we're thinking about abuse, a lot of times it's really painful to relive those emotions and to acknowledge your feelings during those times. So as a result, a person may repress their feelings as almost a defense mechanism. So they're really trying to focus on another person's needs instead of identifying what they want or what they need because what they went through has been so painful. So I think that's important to note as well. And then when we're thinking about the cycle of abuse, um, a person who's abused, they may seek out an abusive relationship. And this often manifests itself in codependent relationships. So that was a lot. Um, it, it, it's, it's sad, right? Because the the reality is that nobody will talk about it, but um, there's a statistic out that says something like one in every 10 women get raped. Um, and if you were to ask me, that's not the case. It's probably much higher than that. Mm -hmm. Sexual abuse is just so common. Um, unfortunately, Community Soulful's Instagram was deleted because of apparently legal violations or something like that. Um, but back when I did have an active Instagram, codependency was a huge topic that most people would ask me to record on. And um, also sexual violence was a huge topic. Mm -hmm. um, so just bring that you brought that up. I do want to highlight that. And I do want to say um, if, if it, if it's taken, you to go through that to become a codependent person. There's so many resources, right? There's people like Nicole. Um, there's other people that I've recorded with. There um, are a lot of advocates. There's domestic violence groups even. Um, there's support groups. Literally, you could just Google um, it and find it. And people meet on Zoom now. So I, I do um, think it's, it's a sad reality that the hard things that we go through in our life create this character of who we are and being codependent, which is not a good thing is one of them. Um, but when it comes to now that we know the, the causes of somebody becoming codependent, how can someone who is codependent or with a codependent person break away from that relationship? If, if it becomes, you know, what we typically say as toxic or, or volatile, no longer really serving its purpose uh, kind of not going anywhere, just becoming soul sucking, or really what it sounds like it would become is exhausting. 
how can you move on or break away from a codependent person, a codependent relationship or your codependent self? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important to highlight. And I definitely agree with what you're saying about how there's lots of resources out there to help others in need. So I definitely want to mention that it's definitely possible to heal from these types of relationships. And there are people out there who want to see you succeed, um, like myself. And I think it's really important to take the time for yourself. And I think when we're talking about seeing a therapist, some people may have questions about that. But when you go into a therapy session, you're really learning about, okay, why is it why is it the way that I act and why are these certain patterns coming out now? And I think in therapy, it's a great way to really take a deeper look at, okay, what's, what's happened in your childhood, or if it's not a good time to bring that up, what are certain themes that have come about that may have led to codependency? So I think if you're able to understand what's causing the different patterns and relationships, that can be really helpful. And then trying to make simple changes within your life. And like I mentioned before, noticing what it's like to have a healthy relationship and focusing on those characteristics. And if you're thinking about the relationship that you're in and you're noticing that you're not in that healthy relationship, trying to make a change by, okay, boosting your self-esteem. You know, maybe you need to change the way you're speaking to yourself. Do you need to make those promises to yourself? Like we mentioned before, to really build that trust up within yourself. So if you go into another relationship or if you're in the same relationship, you're really able to be that whole person instead of fully relying on the other person. Like we mentioned before about how being codependent, you can become very enmeshed and solely focused on the other person. So it's really about taking the time to create your separate sense of self and again, it can take time, but it's, it's definitely possible. And there, again, like I mentioned before, and like how you mentioned, there are so many resources out there for people in need who want to take the time to speak about this topic and heal from it. And that was a great point that um, take some time away and develop your sense of self. That is a great, great piece of advice because um, one of my questions was, can someone ever learn their way out of being emotionally codependent? Um, I know that we've already spoken about boundaries. I know that we've already spoken about um, taking time away and trying to reflect on yourself, but are there any other tips, tricks, pieces of advice that you could share some light on How can someone learn their way out of being an emotionally codependent person? Yeah, definitely. So I think it's also about recognizing possibly what your triggers are. So if you're in some type of relationship and you're noticing that you're thinking possibly because you're so enmeshed with the other person that maybe they walk into the room and their mood shifts for whatever reason maybe that's a trigger for you and your automatic thought may be, oh, wow, this person's mad at me. You know, what did I do to make them mad? This is all my fault. And I think when we have that thought process, we can go into a spiral. So I think when we're dealing with codependent relationships on our own, if we're able to recognize the certain trigger and then change our thoughts surrounding the trigger, it can be helpful to us to grow. So for example, Let's say the next time your partner or your friend, caregiver, parent, whatever it may be, walks in and their mood shifts, instead of being so enmeshed and connected with them, that you're thinking that you're the cause for them 
having some type of mood change, you want to maybe say to yourself, okay, I'm noticing that, you know, I'm having this reaction, I'm having a trigger. Maybe you want to identify where you're feeling this in your body, you know, are you feeling in your stomach and your throat? Is your head getting hot? You know, what's going on for you? Take a deep breath and you can let yourself know, okay, this, this is my um, codependency coming out, but it's okay. I'm going to talk myself out of it. And you can say to yourself things like, okay, I know I'm separate from my partner and my partner or friend, whatever relationship you're in, they're responsible for their own feelings. And I'm not responsible and for taking on their emotions. So again, I think just really trying to identify the trigger and maybe instead of having your thought process spiral, taking a time to just pause and reframe certain thoughts, you know, take a deep breath and just add in that space for yourself. And over time, I think it can become easier for you to identify those triggers. And that can be really helpful when you're moving forward and when you're trying to heal from that, from that cycle. The... The thing that you said, I am separate from my partner and my partner is responsible for their own feelings and I am responsible for my own feelings is kind of a great uh, thing to say, right? Because how many times do we date somebody and they purposely say something to make us mad, purposely say something to make us jealous? And even if it's not intentional, sometimes one person just loves the other person more or cares about them much more, or there's a difference in perspective and one finds something offensive that the other doesn't. And they kind of take on that emotion, right? That hatred, that anger, that jealousy, that um, really just, just that angst. And it's important, it's important to, to realize that, but I mean, I'm such an emotional person that when somebody does things to get me mad, it actually, I, I will get mad and I will react. And I, I'm going to use that. I am separate from my partner. My partner is responsible for their own feelings and I am responsible for my own feelings um, because people that get easily emotional also get easily manipulated, also get easily hurt, also just spiral into a volatile relationship. Or at least that's what it seems. But um, so I think we've covered pretty much everything we could have when it came to codependency from what is it to characteristics to um, what causes it to how can we break away from it? How can we learn from it? So in synopsis, if somebody is listening right now and they're struggling with codependency, whether it's them as a person or their partner, what is the best piece of advice that you would be able to give them? Yeah, I think I would really just try to empower them that healing is possible and that they really have all the tools within. And if they need to reach out for therapy or if they need to speak with someone, that there are resources available. And I would definitely just encourage people to really take some time for themselves and to really identify what is it that they want? Because I think when people are in those codependent cycles of relationships, like we mentioned before, they may feel like they're losing a sense of self. So to reconnect with yourself, like we said, you can make promises to yourself, create those boundaries, and then also take some time to explore your interests. You know, what are some things that you like? And take that time with yourself so you can rediscover that, that sense of self so you can come into the next relation as a whole person with different thoughts, ideas, interests, and boundaries. So that's definitely what I would say. Well, 
then that leaves us where we are and really appreciate your time today, Nicole. Um, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Um, Nicole has actually referred to this podcast from someone that I've previously recorded with. She's had nothing but great reviews on the friend side, um, and completely delivered today. So wanted to really just thank you again so much for the time, um, cutting out this hour of your day to really inform people and make them more aware. And so, um, if you have any Instagram handle website that you'd like to bring up or, or that we could follow you on, uh, please let us know this way. Everybody that's listening to community soulful can absolutely leverage you whenever they need. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be on the podcast and to speak with you. And if anyone wants to reach out um, for therapy services, you can find me on Instagram at Know Your Soul Therapy. Or if you want to visit my website, you could book a free consultation call at www.knowyoursoultherapy.com. And I'd be happy to speak with you. So thank you again. All right. Thank you, Nicole, and take care.